You are listening to The Truest. I'm your host, Jacob Smith. I want to thank everyone who supported this podcast in Indiegogo, especially Hector, Katie, and Stefan, who made it to the launch party, and Christina, my wife, who chased our one-year-old son around in a brewery while the rest of us talked podcast. Also, a special shout-out to all my friends at WebConnects. I know you're listening, and I appreciate it. I've only spent a few hours with Emery, but it's obvious to anyone that he lives his truth. He knows it, he's experienced it, he's tested it in areas that few of us can imagine, and it's proven true. So, Emery Wager, what is the truest thing you know? That's a good question. The the truest thing I know is that I can control uh, my actions and that's the only thing I can control but through my actions I can influence anything to, to some degree even if it's a to some small degree so that's it kind of in a, in a nutshell okay and so, so that I can understand, you're you're saying that 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 you the only thing you can control is your actions. Yes. Um, does that mean you can't control your thoughts? I would say that is true. So you can't control your thoughts. I cannot control okay. my thoughts. All right. So so you're so there is so a, a lot of the world is out of uh, out of your control, and even your interior world is out of your control but then the the parts that the the part that you do control is your reactions to all of these external things that that are outside of your control. Yes. So it's it's sort of it's really two parts. One is empowering and then the other part is uh liberating. Okay. And which how would you where where would you draw the empowering and liberating line? What are the parts you're thinking of? Understanding that that you have control over what you do to me is, is very empowering. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not anybody else, you know, who, who controls what, what I do, my actions. Uh, the, the part that's liberating is the fact that I can't control anything else. So Mm -hmm. worrying about that or uh, getting frustrated, um, they happen, but, Going back to the truest thing I know mm-hmm. uh, is is very liberating because then I can at least worry less about the fact that I can't control those other things. So there's, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, I think Covey's sphere of influence and sphere of control. Yes, very much. Did you when you read that or when you first encountered that, is this something that you had already formulated for yourself and sort of like, oh, this is a different way to say it, or was that informative on this, or can you can you remember? I think it was it was a very good way of articulating something that I mm. already believed in. Okay. Yeah. I think he said it better than than I'd ever I had ever heard it said before. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely it gives me a text to refer to mm-hmm. when I uh, 
when I need a reminder. Okay. Yeah. So it is something that you, so you feel like that sphere of influence and sphere of control. And basically my recollection of that portion of the book is you want to try to draw those circles where I guess it's a sphere. So it's hard to draw a sphere though, <laughs> but draw those circles in, in a sense of that your, your sphere of, of control is, um, or your, is it influence and control? Or am I getting this, the terms wrong? You know, it's been a, it's been actually uh, a while since I've, I've read that. Is it concern? I think that's the word that I. Yeah, that, they're so. they're they're kind of multiple levels. Yeah, I've I've simplified it for my brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what the point, if I'm now recalling, is that essentially you want your sphere of um, your sphere of concern and your sphere of influence, so the things that you care about and the things that you can actually control, to be somewhat lined up. And mm-hmm. the places where they're not lined up leads to this. Is that this is what made me think of when you said that that lib, that's that liberation you talked about where. Yes, there is stuff that is outside my influence, but it's also outside my concern. Mm-hmm. Is that is that fair? Yes, yes. And yeah, I, I, I <clears throat> it's not my goal to influence everything, mm-hmm. but I know that I I can even if it, even if it's in the you know the smallest possible way mm-hmm. influence anything through my actions, mm-hmm. which I do have control over. Yeah. Do you feel like that's the place in your life where you have to have discipline in your actions and and not in other areas because you don't have control over it or is there reason to have discipline in in areas to try to exercise discipline even in areas that you don't you don't control i i don't think you really can Mm -hmm. for for me i can exercise discipline in my actions and that's all i i can really do Mm mm-hmm I can <clears throat> I can focus that discipline on certain actions and I think about the areas where I want to have influence and kind of work backwards mm-hmm. to those actions but I I really try not to spend a lot of time worrying about the and it, it it's hard to do that mm-hmm. but I try to spend a lot of time or I, I try not to spend time worrying about those things right. that are outside the direct my direct control yeah and but like you said it's hard to do that it is hard (laughs) so how uh, when you find yourself wandering your mind wandering to those areas that aren't your actions that are other people's actions or 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 your own kind of internal thoughts or what you know anything that isn't your actions is there anything have you what do you do to try to get yourself back onto the, the 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 area that you you feel like you need to keep your focus in I think I think it's and this is maybe will seem a little bit unrelated but I think it's important and this is also there's there's maybe a hint of Stephen Covey in this as well mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think it's important to have uh important to have balance and not be so focused on one particular uh, aspect of your life or one specific task and not have any other irons in the fire. I know there are some people who have been really successful focusing on kind of one aspect of their life, like mad, but that's, that's not, that's not for me. I'm not good at that. So I need to have that balance. And if I find myself worrying too much about the things that are outside my control, I'll usually shift to focus on one of the other 
primary areas uh, of my life. So for instance, if I'm trying to make a sale Mm -hmm. at work, I think that's a great opportunity to really realize that you can't control whether or not someone buys your product. You can only control your actions throughout the process, what you say, what you do, your follow-up, that type of thing. But it's very hard to Mm -hmm. not try, try to directly control someone else in that process. So in that, in that instance, if I find myself too wrapped up in that, go do something fun with my wife, Lee. Mm -hmm. And, uh, because I, you know, that's that's something that I can control. I don't think about, you know, trying to make this sale or control somebody else. And by mm-hmm. the time I've stepped back into that sphere, I am usually pretty pretty centered back on my actions and the things that I can control. Yeah. So it's it's helpful to step out of whatever it is where you're where you've kind of moved beyond your you know your your control into something else yes. as opposed to. Um, try to pull yourself in that same task back out to that to to the level where you want to be. Yes. Yeah. And how did you come to to know this? So I I think originally it started as a lot of things do with people with mm. with family and mm. and parents and. <clears throat> Particularly, I would say with my dad, he has a nice way of not giving a shit Mm -hmm. about the things that he can't control Mm -hmm. and being very focused on the things that that he can control. And it's that kind of balance of being very disciplined, caring where, where where he can control and and just being able to kind of blow off the things that he he can't control. So I think that's something that that I noticed. Uh, I noticed it in my mom as well. And so that's kind of where things started formulating. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, the the time in my life where, where it really became very clear to me was so... I was, you know, I went to a prestigious private high school in Seattle. I went to, I, I worked uh, along with my peers to get in, to try to get into the best possible college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we were basically trying to get the the best, you know, highest paying job we could. So I was on that track. Mm-hmm. And... I was at a party after I had, had graduated. I was still living with uh, with roommates who were still in college, which I wouldn't recommend to anybody who's <laughs> tried that. <Okay>. Life tip. <laughs> Life tip. <Yeah. laughs> um, so we were having a, a party at our house on a on a Wednesday, <laughs> like as, you do, <laughs> like you do in college, yeah. but not when you're not when you have to go to work on Thursday. <laughs> uh, and ran into. Uh, a, f- a friend of a friend who I'd, I'd never met before, we struck up a conversation and I asked him what he was doing when he graduated. And he said he was joining the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And I was, pr- 
pretty confused. <laughs> I thought, well, you know, what we were supposed to be doing is getting out, uh, you know, graduating and finding the best possible job we could. And so I thought he was really crazy for, for doing that. And I kind of put the, the whole conversation out of my mind. A few weeks later, that conversation kind of popped back in my head. Uh, a few weeks after that, it popped back in my head again. And that the frequency with which that thought returned mm-hmm. got greater and greater. And soon I couldn't, couldn't really put it out of, of my head. And I had this feeling like someday I was going to, you know, he was going to go, you know, this was t- during the, uh, the Afghan kind of ramp up, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Afghan surge. So I knew that, that he, w- he was probably going to go into combat and I felt like I was going to owe him something for the rest of my life. And that kind of ate away at me a little bit. And I had this kind of notion that I couldn't, I couldn't possibly follow him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even really a choice. It was just like, I'm resigned to not doing this and he is doing this. Mm-hmm. And after months of kind of agonizing over this, I finally came to the re- realization that for me, it actually was a choice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that was a huge turning point in my life because it opened up not just the military, but so many other options that I hadn't considered before because I was kind of on this mm-hmm. this track. And although I couldn't control whether or not I was accepted into the Marine Corps, I couldn't control whether or not I applied. Right. And just realizing that I I did have that ability and had that control to do something that I had never imagined doing was an incredible learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, it, it, like I said, it, it opened up so many options and really made me realize that I did, I did have control over being, having control over your actions is actually pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you, but the choice you made then gave you a lot less control over a lot less of, a lot more of your life being in the military. True. True. Yep. I, I can still control my actions, but, but my actions in certain circumstances have a lot more consequence. Yeah. Well, and are constrained as well. Cause I mean, in my, I mean, my understanding of the military is based on a few friends and movies and TV, more probably movies and TV. So I, I could be a hundred percent wrong and please mm-hmm. correct me, but you know, there, uh, I guess I also read Stanley McChrystal's book, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, one of the things that he talks about in that book is, you know, there's there's um, rules of engagement, mm-hmm. right, that constrain your actions. Right. Um, and obviously there's very specific rules of engagement in, in the military. But right. there's, I mean, there's, um, there are rules of engagement everywhere. There's social norms, mores, that sort of thing. Right. So those, you know, how, how, how free are you to act against those Having having complete freedom over your actions doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't doesn't mean that you're free from consequences of those actions. So those consequences ch- change over time, and they may become greater, and they may govern a greater portion of your actions depending on on where you are. But I I still think you have the the choice 
you have the choice to disobey an order, mm -hmm. for instance, if you don't think, uh, if you don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. And there's many instances in, in history where it's fairly clear that the right thing to do was to disobey an order or uh, disregard the the rules of engagement or, or the rules that have been kind of set forth. So I think you always do, it's important to realize that you always do have that choice. And I think that is where a lot of people, including me, sometimes struggle is we feel like because there's consequences, we don't have choice over our, or we don't have control over our actions. And that, that can be a really painful place to be, in mm -hmm. my opinion. And so there's a feeling that your choices are constrained and you think that feeling's illusory. That's, that's, that's kind of our own psychology, maybe limiting our choices when they don't have to be. I would say so. Yeah. And so, but do you think that that can be helpful sometimes for some people? The consequences that are, that exist can be a positive. And most of the time I would say they're, they're a positive. Mm -hmm. I would say confusing consequences with an inability to control your actions are that, that can be a, a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it really be a, a positive. Right. I can't think of anything right now where that's been a positive. Right. So weighing the consequences is a good thing. Like consequences are good. Like, like, like society, it's good that we have societal norms. Um, but, uh, th that where it gets tricky personally is when you equate that as limiting your choices as opposed to being, you know, something that, that naturally follows from your choice. Yes. Yeah. But can you control those consequences? No. Um, so your actions have consequences, but, you know, they have expected consequences, but a lot of those consequences aren't your actions. So they're, you see where I'm getting that with your, with, is that you, you expect consequences, but you don't actually know what they're going to be, nor can you control how they're applied. Right. You can only guess. Y you said that this happens. So can you think of a time when your estimation of the consequence for a time constrained your choice that, and, and, and that, and, 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 and then you made a choice. And then the consequence, your estimation, of the consequence was wrong. I think, and there, there's probably some bias because we've already been tra talking about kind of the military example. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what comes to mind for me. But I think for me, the, the consequence of joining the military, I were different than I expected. Mm-hmm. And, and that was primarily, uh, primarily those consequences, uh, those consequences were related to family and friends, uh, and, and many of them were, were unexpected. The, the reaction that my parents had for one was unexpected to me. Looking back, I should have completely expected it mm -hmm. because I didn't involve them in the decision process at all. I basically just told them. But it was interesting and not not what I expected. Their reaction was, was different than I expected. Mm -hmm. For instance, my mom was 
right after I told her vehemently opposed to this decision Mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't imagine. And if I had known would have presented it in a different way or involved her differently. But she became more knowledgeable about the military almost than I did by the Mm -hmm. end of the process and became a, a big advocate. So it was interesting and unexpected to see, you know, her reaction initially and then the way she reacted in the long run. Yeah. So, yeah, we have been talking mostly about the military, but I know you sail as well. Um, and you, you know, most of the sailing you've done is, is just you on a small boat. Um, and if you want to talk about a, uh, a part of the world that doesn't give a shit, the, I believe the ocean would fall very largely into that category (laughs) about what you want to do and where you want to go. Do you feel like this particular viewpoint is helpful or, or where is it helpful? I, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it is incredibly helpful in sailing, but almost one of the, one of the most difficult, uh, that one of the most difficult times to remember mm-hmm. the the truest thing that I know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for instance, it can be very windy, and when it's very windy, the sport becomes very physical. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a physical sport. Sometimes it's more of a kind of a tactical mm-hmm. sport and strategic sport. When it's windy, it becomes more of a physical sport. But you can work incredibly hard physically. And then, as you mentioned, the wind could shift a little bit, which is completely outside of your control. And now all of a sudden, the work that you put in could potentially be diminished by that by that wind shift. And the people that are most successful in the sport don't don't think of the, of of the wind as something that they can control and when that happens to them they're very good at using the things that are in their control to get out of those situations and fight back to where they were in the first place the people that are the least successful are the people that allow that to get in their head and try to control things like the wind mm-hmm. which none of us obviously can can control you think you're more quick to discard whatever your previous plans were because because of this particular viewpoint about what you can control? Um, or do you think you hold on to them more tightly or does it not affect it at all? I do think that mindset makes it easier for me to discard and and be less emotionally attached to previous plans that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I am perfect by any means and I I'm probably working on 10 things as we speak that mm-hmm. I shouldn't be. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do think that mindset does contribute to being able to discard those right. sunk costs. Yeah, but like you said, it's your choice to continue to keep working on those things and the consequence can be you're not as efficient as possible, but that doesn't mean that the you're making an emotional choice of like, I can't let this go yet. True. True. So where do you feel like in your, in your life, you're either right now, or as you look back, when, when do you feel like you were, you were most consistently living out this, that particular 
that this 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 true this truest thing you know about the only thing you have control over is your actions. I think overall, if if I look at the long term trend line, I think I'm getting better over time at at living living it. But there are definitely ups and downs and a lot of noise along mm-hmm. that that trend line. I mean, I I I do I have started to do a lot more sales work at at Gravity, and I think that's that can be because you're dealing with so many different personalities and emotions and human decisions. That can be a really tough place to live live out this truth, mm-hmm. and. But I believe that everything that I've kind of worked up to so far has has really helped me, and I do feel like I am I'm living it well when I'm in these sales situations um, because the the sales process that I'm involved in is fairly long. It's fairly involved. It's not very transactional at all. So there's a lot of there's a lot of factors and a lot of human factors and I see a lot of folks on our side of the table and then, you know, uh, people who are customers or potential customers of ours who get very emotionally tied to different positions and things like that, that makes it, that can, can make it difficult to, be successful and I'm happy that I at least even if I'm not living it at all times at least I can articulate in part thanks to Stephen Covey mm-hmm. this truth and and I I do feel like right now I'm actually in a pretty good place living living that truth and this is something I'm I'm not asking you to say like would you be a guru that would go around and teach that? But do you do you think that this is something that is helpful to you? Because there are some things that, that, you know, in all of our lives that were like, I don't know whether anyone else would get this or it would be helpful to them. Um, or do you feel like this is something that could be helpful to, you know, is, is a viewpoint that people could fold into the, their, the way they, they experience the world, their truth, and it would, it, what, what would people get out of that? I think it would would be successful, and one data point is Stephen Covey wrote it, so he yeah, <laughs> he, and he's a best selling author, so it must be it must work. <laughs> Maybe yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean I I I really believe it, and I I believe it would make it it does make other people because uh, I'm obviously not the only person who believes this, but I do think. It is, I don't want to say universally a, a good thing because that's just a a big word and, and I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm really struggling to come up with examples where that's been a negative mm-hmm. for, for me and for anybody who I've observed closely. Yeah. And, and what kinds of, what kinds of positives I think you've mentioned a little of this already, but what kind of positives would people expect to see? Like, 
if if this is something that somebody was listening to this and like, yeah, that sounds that sounds like it's it it it's scratching an itch I have. Um, what kind of what kind of things what kind of markers would they see that would that that would be the fruit of of kind of living this truth in a way that 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 is positively affecting their life? Hmm. I once a month I meet with a a group of from uh, a, a group of I would say peers from a diverse group of small to medium sized businesses who are in similar positions as I am. And one thing we, we talk about, you know, we're, we're basically trying to help each other through shared experiences and, and solve the issues that we're facing. And one of the ways that we really try to get to the core issues that we're facing is to start with feelings and work backwards. And I'm surprised how often both me and other, other folks that I meet with, how often the emotions and, and particularly the, the negative emotions that some, sometimes we're feeling lead back to something that you can't control at all. And the act of talking about those emotions, starting with emotions and working back, you know, asking yourself why you feel this way, why you have that emotion and going, going back to, like I said, most of the time it is something you can't control. And so we're able to help each other work towards the, the actions, you know, the things that, that we can control. And that's, a really nice feeling personally and I I have seen on people's faces that that's a really nice feeling for others in that situation so I could see that process being very positive for people yeah and then what's the other side of that coin what when when you're when you found yourself not living it out what mm-hmm. are what are the what are the markers that you kind of see like oh I'm I might I might you know I might not be be living this out the way that I I would, I'd want to be. It's, I mean, I think for everybody, it probably manifests itself in a different feeling, but it's usually a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's hard, hard or impossible to put your, to articulate it, to put your finger on exactly what it is that's going on. But there's some feeling inside of me that's scared or it's uncomfortable or stressful and if you peel back the onion, typically, like I said, that that leads to something that's outside of your control. Yeah. And once you understand that, it's really easy to figure out what are the things that I that I can control that would influence that. This episode is sponsored by Stefan Bennett. From guest to sponsor, all in one episode. If you're interested in sponsoring or have other questions about the podcast, you can find us at truest.live. The music in this podcast was generously composed by Daniel Webin. Next time on The Truest, we'll be talking to Brendan Fay. And what, why, why your friend Brendan? I, I just really respect the, the path that he's taken in his life. He, uh, if you get a chance to talk to him, which I hope you do, uh, you should ask him about his 
first week of work after he graduated from college. So he got a, a desk job and he lasted, I, I'm not sure he lasted the full week. <laughs> and, and since that moment, he's been, he's been on this amazing, you know, entrepreneurial path. That's been really fun to be a part of, um, in a, in a really small way. Until then, I'll see you online at truest.live.